right now, you know, uh, if you have a kid that is gender confused, uh, can say at school, oh, if it's a girl, I want to be called Mike, and they will call her Mike, and without uh, saying anything to uh, their parents. Uh, but that started with that bill, C-16. So the federal government has a responsibility. We must repeal that bill. And, and now you have in our school the uh, drag queen story hour. Uh, and that's all, you know, to confuse children with their sexuality, with their gender, uh, telling them that, oh, they may act like the other sex and that's fun. So you start by these drag queen story hour and after that the pronouns and after that you know you're you're telling them that yeah you may be the other sex if you want and you're gonna start to give them to give them the sex uh, uh, hormone uh, blockers and after that the surgeries and mutilation so we need to stop that and uh, now I, I was listening to the prime minister trudeau a couple of days ago speaking about what is happening in uh, in uh, new brunswick and he said you know we must let alone these trans kid there's no such thing as a trans kid there's boy and girls that's it uh, but it's, they're using another vocabulary like it's normal no, there's only two sexes. There's no trans kid. And you can do what you want you're to, with your own body. But when you're an adult at 18, 18 years old, if you want to mutilate yourself, do it. But don't touch our kids. And yes, we have a role. We, national politicians, to play. And we must stop that. Our country is at its lowest point in living memory. We no longer have the country I grew up in. Canada has changed dramatically and for the worse. Inflation is eating away our standard of living. Government and household debt has skyrocketed. Our healthcare system is hopelessly broken. But even worse than the state of our economy is the state of our culture. We are living in a completely different society, one overtaken by evil. I'm ready to fight. I know that if we do not fight for our values and our culture, we will lose everything. That is why I'm proud to announce that I'm putting my name forward in the upcoming by-election to be your representative, you the people of Portage Lisgard, in the House of Commons, because families deserve a strong voice. This by-election is about giving a voice to the people of Portage Lisgard. It's about your values and who you want to represent you in Ottawa. Send me to Ottawa, and I will speak out against the anti-family policies pushed by the Ottawa elite. I have a message for those who feel forgotten here in Portage Lisgard. You will be forgotten no more. I will do everything in my power to be your voice in Ottawa. Here in Portage Lisgard, this is where we hosted the biggest PPC rally in the party's history. In Plum Coulee, near Winkler, 3,000 patriots came out to support our fight for freedom. It was the biggest rally held by any political party during the last election. Just outside this riding, I was wrongly arrested two years ago for refusing to comply with 
immoral, unconstitutional, and tyrannical COVID restrictions imposed on us. I feel a special connection to this writing. This is where the renewal of our country will begin. We have a special opportunity here, the opportunity to jumpstart a much-needed political revolution in this country, to make history by electing the first-ever People's Party MP and adding a badly-needed true conservative voice in the House of Commons. And it starts right here in Portageley's Guard. We will never compromise on our values. We will fight until we win and restore sanity in this country. In 2023, a true conservative voice is more necessary than ever. This by-election is the start of a major turning point in Canadian politics. Let's begin this common-sense populist conservative revolution right here today for the people of Portage Lisgard and for all of Canada. And now I'm so honored to introduce Maxine Bernier as he joins us on the Empower Hour this evening. As a result of the unlawful and tyrannical policies and restrictions that were implemented by the government during the past three years, Maxime has been one of the few Canadian politicians who has spoken out and has been fighting for our rights and freedoms. He has been fined several times and was eventually arrested by the RCMP in June of 2021. Maxine has been the leader of the People's Party of Canada since its founding in 2018, and he is currently running as a candidate in Portage Lisgar, Manitoba. He continues to be a voice of reason as he courageously speaks out about issues and concerns that are undermining our country. Will you all please help me welcome Maxime Bernier. Maxime, welcome to the Empower Hour. Thank you very much. I'm very pleased to be with you. That's an honor to be with you. And, you know, uh, actually, as you said, uh, I'm running right now. The by-election would be this uh, Monday. I'm looking forward for a big score. But we'll see. And I'm, I'm like you. I'm fighting for our family values. And I can tell you, we have more and more support. Yeah, thank you so much, Maxime, for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. I mean, you have been working not just, you know, for the campaign in Portage, but nationwide in order to progress uh, citizens' awareness and really building a platform of, uh, I want to say almost of uh, not only just awareness, but of morality, uh, bringing that back into society. I think that's, uh, you know, a door that was, uh, swung open many years ago, and it has been part of our downfall. And so you have just really been out there on the front line with so many issues. I was uh, looking at your website the other day and your platform, and I would love to cover some of those issues with you uh, because I'm just so impressed. Everything that is on my mind and Canadians' minds, those who are awake and aware right now, you're, you're covering those issues, and I can't wait to dive into some of that. So uh, where do you want to begin? <laughs> uh, maybe but first uh, Tanya thank you very much and actually yes uh, speaking about our platform and our issue I must tell you that it's very our ideas are very strong uh, the best example of this is in, during this by-election uh, the Conservative Party of Canada I call them the fake Conservative Party of Canada mm -hmm. didn't want to have any discussion about our platform 
uh, they try to discredit me personally, but they cannot attack our platform because it's based on common sense and are based on our values. And uh, we are speaking about the most important issues for Canadians, like what you are doing right now in uh, New, New Brunswick. Uh, all that trans-toxic uh, ideology uh, must end. And, uh, you know, the conservative won't speak about that. Actually, as you know, in New Brunswick, Polyev was there. And he said, oh, it's under provincial jurisdictions, the education, so I won't do anything. But, you know, he's wrong about that because, yes, the curriculum of a school, it's under the provincial jurisdictions. But as you know, the federal government gave about $400,000 to an organization across the country to promote the trans-toxic ideology in our schools. And at the same time, also for the federal government, The federal government is in charge and responsible of the criminal code. And uh, and these uh, books at school, uh, the sexualization of our kids, and there are some of these books here in this uh, writing in Portage des Gars, they're against the criminal code. And the federal government must enforce the federal code, the criminal code, and it's not doing that. So what I'm telling you is, yes, we uh, politicians at the federal level can speak against that trans ideology uh, and uh, and being able to do something to stop that. You know, Maxime, I, I like starting off on this topic because I think it's one of the most critical ones, uh, not only in Canada, but around the world. And as I was, I have um, Alex Newman coming on next week on the show. And uh, with Father's Day coming up, we're going to be talking about the role of men and how the communist agenda wa- was to emasculate men and elevate women and turn everything upside down and backwards. But the other one was to get into the school system. And uh, part of the 45 goals of communism, it actually talked about even creating a mental state with your children. And and I read it today and I was going, that is exactly what they've done with this radical trans ideology in trying to tell kids that they can change gender and, uh, you know, and then interfere with parental rights. And the other side of this is, yes, not only should the federal government be involved in this and Pierre Pulliver shamefully, uh, you know, avoided and evaded that question and put it off to the provincial government because education is provincial, but the ARC Foundation, who is the creators of SOGI, as you said, was uh, funded with nearly $400,000. And then we've also got parental rights. And this uh, insidious program within the schools is meant intentionally and set up to interfere with parents' rights as their kids are taken from their homes, as parents are said to be unsafe, and therefore the state should step in and take control. I've, I've got Uh, parent that I'm dealing with. This is just horrifying. Absolutely. And all that started, you know, when uh, the federal government implemented the Bill C-16. That was the pronoun bill. And bill, that's why right now, you know, uh, if you have a kid that is gender confused, uh, can say at school, if it's a girl, I want to be called Mike, and they will call her Mike, and without uh, saying anything to uh, their parents. Uh, But that started with that bill, C-16. So the federal government has a responsibility we must repeal that bill. And, and now you have in our school the 
drag queen story hour. Uh, and that's all, you know, to confuse children with their sexuality, with their gender, uh, telling them that, oh, they may act like the other sex and that's fun. So you start by these drag queen story hour and after that, the pronouns. And after that, you know, uh, you, you're, you're telling them that, yeah, you may be the other sex if you want. And you're going to start to give them to give them the sex uh, uh, hormone uh, blockers. And after that, the surgeries and mutilation. So we need to stop that. And uh, now I, I was listening to the prime minister Trudeau a couple of days ago, speaking about what is happening in uh, in uh, New Brunswick. And he said, you know, we must let alone these trans kids. There's no such thing as a trans kid. There's boy and girls. That's it. Uh, but it's, they're using another vocabulary like it's normal. No, there's only two sexes. There's no trans kid. And you can do what you want you to, with your own body. But when you're an adult at 18, 18 years old, if you want to mutilate yourself, do it. But don't touch our kids. And yes, we have a role, we national politicians to play, and we must stop that. Amen. Thank you so much. Oh, Maxime, I so appreciate you uh, saying these words out loud, right? Verbalizing all of this because there's hardly a politician across uh, Canada that will voice uh, exactly what is going on. You've touched on some very important issues. You talk about the drag queens coming into the schools and incrementally and strategically breaking down our children's natural defenses to recognize what predatory behavior looks like. And uh, there yes. is no such thing as a trans child or a non-binary child. They are born male and female. This has been made up. Um, in response to this action that uh, took place in New Brunswick, quite immediately, the CBC reporter that I had included, Jacques, uh, I think his name, uh, Poitras, I'm not sure if I name, say that correctly, he reached out to me immediately requesting an interview. And hesitantly, I did that yesterday. I recorded the conversation to make sure, and I, I pleased with him at the end of it I said you know I hope you'll do a fair report on this because parents need to know what's going on within the school system and that what the government is trying to hide and using these pronouns and uh, our chapter leader uh, Danielle in Ottawa has informed me that uh, they are Actually, there was a call to remove children from school yesterday. Our chapter leader uh, had put that out in Ottawa because the uh, school district had made it known that they were in the new year, starting in September school year, that they were mandating that all teachers in the school district call children, call children, I think it was they, them, until uh -oh. those children figure out what their pronoun is and describe themselves as a maybe she, her, or a they, I, I, I am just so distraught over these things. And that's why I'm saying mass people need to take their kids out of the school system. And it's not only um, happening in big cities like, uh, you know, Moncton or, or Ottawa. Here in the riding, uh, Portage Lisgar is a rural riding. And, you know, and meeting a lot of people during that campaign. And I will tell you that I've met a lady at a, a, a little rally and she came to me after that. And she said, I want you to meet my girl, my, my daughters. She's 15. And, I, and she came and I said, hello, what's your name? And she said, I'm Rebecca. 
oh, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And after that, she left. But the mother, after that, looked at me and she said, I'm so happy. I said, what do you mean? Because she presented herself by her name, Rebecca. You know, sometimes she thinks that she's Mike, she's a boy. And uh, I discovered at school, at school that for the last three months, they were calling her Mike. And I went and I had a discussion with the principal and he said, no, we will do what your kids want us to do. So it's happening everywhere, not only in big cities. It is everywhere. It is a cultural war. They try to put confusion in the, the mind of our children and, uh, and it's, it's wrong. So, so I'm fighting also against these books. Um, and actually, I did a press conference. I don't know if you know that, but in Winnipeg, and I had one of uh, these books called uh, Let's Talk About It. It's the sexualization of our kids, and it's pornographic. And the, the, the journalist asked me, Mr. Bernie, you're for freedom. You're for freedom. You fought for freedom during the Freedom Convoy and blah, blah, blah. And now you want to ban books. And I look at him and I said, all the books? Which books? And he said, you know, the gender books. I said, yes. And I had the book with me. I said, look at it. I want to ban that books. And, and he wasn't able to look at it. He was, I said, you don't want to look at it, but you want our kids to, to have this book and look at it. So it, it's, it's a common sense revolution that we must do across this country. And that's why, Tanya, I'm very uh, pleased for what you're doing in Action for Canada. You're doing that fight because we need everybody at the federal level, at the provincial level, at the municipal level, at the school board. You know, I'm saying to people, don't, don't stay silent, because if you don't speak, it is like you, you approve everything that is happening in our society. You must stand up and speak out like you did during COVID-19, like all the freedom fighters did during COVID-19. It took us two years to win that debate. But with your organization, with your leadership, that's what you're asking your people. And that's great. And I want to thank you for everything that you're doing for our society, our kids. Thank you, Maxime. Yeah, that means a lot because I think we've got a partnership here with politicians who are willing to speak out on these critical issues. And so Action for Canada, when we had showed the map previously, and maybe Terenzio, now is a good time to just bring that up for a moment, just so that uh, people who are going to watch this video afterwards and didn't see the weekly update see it. But Action for Canada is getting into every single town and community, and we are pressing in on school boards, uh, municipalities, MLAs, and federal uh, um, MPs as well, because a lot of them had gone uh, are going along with this. Uh, Trenzi, are you able to bring the map up for a moment? Because was, a lot of uh, sorry. Hi, Tanya. Uh, actually, did you want to just share your screen? Because I don't actually. Oh, have I could it here. do that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Of course. My my apologies. Okay, no so problem. we'll. Yeah, there's a look at the map. And uh, ah. this is why we're going up into, you know, the territories as well as is our objective. Okay, thank you, Trenzio. And the reason is, oops, sorry about that. Uh, because we have to get people activated and many politicians went al along with this because they were sold uh, a bill of lies. And uh, Maxime, we're, you know, we're going to be honest about that too. You voted in favor of Bill C-16 because you understood this was a compassionate thing to do for the LGBTQ. There was even um, individuals within the Conservative Party, Michelle Remble, who I think is an infiltrator, who was on the front line of same-sex, pushing same-sex marriage into the 
the Conservative Party and the Bill C-16. And one of the very first rallies that I went to in support of you back in 2018, you had come out and said, I'm going to apologize. I voted in Bill C-16 and it is my commitment to overturn this once you realized the bigger story of what was behind that agenda. Yeah, absolutely. You're right about that. I voted for that bill, Bill 16, but I didn't vote for a gay marriage. It was in 2005 okay. and I was elected in 2006. And so the debate was behind me uh, about that. In that bill, I voted for it. And after that, I must admit that I had a discussion with somebody in my riding. I was MP from both. And he said, Maxime, I think you did a big mistake voting for that. And I said, no, I've read the bill. Everything is OK. And uh, I spoke with Jordan Peterson. And that friend told me, you must call Jordan Peterson and he will tell you why the bill is, is wrong. And so I had a, a long, a good discussion with him. And he said, Maxime, look at that bill. Put uh, section 13, if my memory is good, and read the section 13 of the bill with the section 29. And you'll see that they can force us to use pronouns. And, uh, and that's why I'm against that. And I did that. And I said, you're absolutely right. So what I did after that, the bill was in the Senate. And I was in touch and contact with, I was a conservative at that time. So I spoke with the, our conservative senators uh, in the Senate. And I told them, don't do the same mistake that I did. This is the interpretation mm. of the bill. And you must vote against that. And uh, some did, some did not. The bill passed uh, in Senate. And now this bill in, is in force. And, and we, the PPC, <laughs> we have in our program to repeal that bill. Uh, absolutely. We don't need that. And that's, that was the beginning of that uh, uh, radical trans ideology being imposed everywhere. Right. Well, thank you so much for clarifying that, because I know people had communicated with me some concerns, you know, about you uh, supporting that bill. And I said, no, no, no. I said he had reversed course, uh, but I was not aware that you had taken those extra steps to go to the Senate. And I know our mutual friend, friend Valerie Price, who's on uh, one of the viewers tonight, uh, I believe she helped uh, make that connection between you and Jordan Peterson. And of course, we see all of the good work that he's doing. Doing as well on the front line, bringing awareness, uh, you know, to the radical LGBTQ agenda and working to overturn it. All right, so let's talk about another hot topic. I'd like to you, I, I've, I just love you so much. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> you and I start, began to know each other several years ago now, and I remember coming to yeah. Ottawa and sitting in your office in March of 2019 and oh, talking yeah. about issues. I was so green back then, uh, talking about <laughs> issues that were on my heart, and some of those issues were immigration, which we'll get to, of course, the matter of abortion, and as well as our military and our police and how they're being under, underfunded, and of course, the radical LGBTQ agenda. And, uh, you know, it was sort of the beginning stages of having those conversations and uh, just seeing how you have grown in your knowledge of them and how you've made them your frontline uh, targeted topics, uh, you know, and part of your platform. Um, so maybe let's, uh, so yeah, so it was. it's just been such a pleasure to see the growth in both you and I over the years on yeah. all of these issues. 
I want to thank you first. Yes, I remember when you were in my office and we had a discussion. And, uh, you know, uh, actually, uh, that's why when we created the People's Party after that, you've met me when I was, uh, I believe, uh, uh, elected as a conservative. Uh, we put all together these big reform and bold reforms that we must do to regain our country. And now, you know, I'm very pleased uh, we have a coherent platform based on four principles, individual freedom, personal responsibility, respect and fairness. And we 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 are pushing our ideas. And yes, uh, on the abortion file, uh, that's what I did here. We uh, we did a press conference uh, with uh, my friends, the friend, she was also a candidate for us at the election in 2019, uh, Laura Lynn Thompson. She did very well at that press conference because we tabled a bill to end late-term abortion, as you may know. And for me, it's only the beginning. The, mm-hmm. And that was a little bit, uh, I had a couple of interviews after that with the mainstream media, and they didn't have any argument against that. The only thing they, they were saying, oh, Mr. Bernier, it's a little bit theoretical. It's not happening in our country. There's no late-term abortion. And I must tell you that the left and uh, the leftists uh, were very efficient to keep the data, the statistic, uh, uh, secret. But in 2019, in Quebec, uh, a, a good journalist from for the from the uh, Journal de Montréal, the biggest uh, francophone jo- uh, jo- uh, newspaper in Quebec, uh, did a, a, a piece about abortion, and he had the, the health minister in Quebec in 2019 saying that in Quebec there's about 20 late-term abortion. When I'm speaking about late-term, it's seven, eight, and nine months. So it's a baby. It's not the question about my body and my choice. No, there's two bodies. It's a baby. It's a murder. And he said we have about 20 late-term abortions in Quebec every year for the last 35 years because we don't have a legislation on abortion uh, since the decision from the Supreme Court of Canada in 1988-89. So 35 years without the legislation, and we have these late-term abortion. And if you look around the country, for all the country, it must be about 100, but only one. It's too much. And so the left didn't have any argument, and that's why I believe that tabling that bill in the House, it will pass and will, will bring Canada in the civilized world world and we will be able to go and and having another debate and closer and closer to the conception. But we need to win that debate and stop the killing of the unborn. Yeah, thank you so much, Maxime. I I am just so grateful. And I know that by taking this step as well, uh, God has said that he will heal a nation that get on their knees and repent. And our nation has much to repent for because millions of babies, of unborn babies have been aborted in this nation, have been murdered. And it has gone without question. And uh, it's been shocking to me that as long as the Conservative Party has been where they had a majority government, they never took the opportunity to table legislation legislation against abortion and, uh, you know, to start this process. Yeah, but I must add, I was part of that conservative majority government in 2011. And yes, we had four years, we had a majority, but it's not only that the conservative did nothing. It's Stephen Harper that was a pro-life, like uh, uh, Andrew Scheer was a pro-life. 
And now Polyev said that he's a pro-choice and he won't bring any legislation on abortion. He said that actually in this writing uh, two weeks ago. But what Harper did at that time, we had in our caucus some very strong pro-life members of parliament. And they tried to table a private member bill because, as you know, a, a member of parliament has the right to table a bill on any subject. And they tried to do that. But the government and Harper use all the tricks in the House to be sure that they won't be able to table their private members' bill. And so <laughs> I believe that now uh, Polyev is, is like Harper. He doesn't want to discuss that because it's not a popular subject in the big cities like Toronto and Montreal. And he's pandering to these uh, cities to have more support. Because if he wants to be in government, he will need to have more seat near Toronto. There's more seat in the GTA than in all Alberta. So he will need to gain some seat. And he's doing politics by pandering to the leftists and doesn't want to speak about that. But that's what they don't like. They don't like that we are bringing that. And it's very popular when I'm speaking here in the writing. But people don't know. And what's happening, they're saying it's a taboo subject. That's their only argument. They're saying it's a taboo subject because they know if we can have an open debate, we will win the argument. You know, we will win it easily. So they don't want to have any discussion. But I will bring that discussion at the national level. That, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, I know there's growing support for you. And even on this issue, I believe the majority, there is a majority of Canadians that believe that we should, as you say, join the civilized world and begin with, you know, ending uh, abortion at late term. And, uh, you know, there will be progress to, to be made after that and to be had. But, you know, yeah. the, the problem is with the Conservative Party is that they've been claiming, I think that they owe anybody who's truly conservative their money back for their membership, because it's supposed to be based on traditional values. And I know yeah. that I had a writing campaign that as soon as Andrew Scheer um, and the Conservative Party, I believe he was head of the party at the time that they voted in same-sex marriage, I said at that point, there's other parties. There's the Liberal Party, NDP, Green Party. They all support same-sex marriage. The rest of Canadians who don't, who believe in biblical uh, traditional values and uh, the sanctity of, you know, the traditional family need to have a party yeah. to vote for. And you're, you're not giving that party to vote for. So you're in breach of your contract, of your membership contract with conservative voters. And then this is a call out to conservative voters who continue to buy a conservative membership, thinking that they're going to get a different result. And Pierre Polliver is taking a stand in support of the LGBTQ agenda and uh, not in, in, in support of traditional family values. He's uh, supporting pro-choice and the uh, aborting of full-term babies. And Maxime, I don't know if you'll remember, but it hit me really hard. When I was preparing to come and see you in October of 2019, I, of course, wanted it to be compelling. And when I had created the uh, pamphlet on abortion, I remember choosing an image that was a, an aborted baby in a little steel bowl, and it was on a scale. And that baby was one that must have been, I'm thinking about seven months old, and it would have been one that we would have been fighting for life had it come from a family that valued and honored and wanted that child. And it has always stuck with me. And I've been tempted, you know, that I believe that people need the, the way that the liberals and 
have have really made progress is that they have manipulated the emotions and the senses of Canadians. And it has resulted in knee-jerk reactions in that the government is doing what's best for the LGBTQ. So we're going to victimize the LGBTQ community in order to get support, but there's a radical agenda behind it. But the, the average citizen doesn't see it because the media is portraying them as victims as well. We're going to portray, portray the Muslims as victims and immigrants as victims because they don't see the radical agenda coming behind it is to flood us with immigrants who will vote for this tyrannical government and create these tribes so that we can have division instead of unity. And so I am appealing to Canadians. You have been brainwashed for so long and they've done a very good job on it that your knee-jerk reaction would be to support, uh, to reject Maxime, to even reject someone amazing like Rod Taylor, who's head of the Christian Heritage Party, who has been on the front lines as well, uh, talking about all of these critical issues for 30 years. And I see this shift. So if you have been awakened by the fact that you were sucked into COVID and you see that the government is lying to you, is it possible that they've been lying to you on these other issues as well? And that you have been voting these individuals into office, meaning well, but to your own demise and to this nation's own demise? Yeah, you have a point there. And actually also in our society right now, Tanya, uh, these establishment politicians are promoting the cult of debt because they don't want to speak about abortion. And at the other end, they are promoting assisted suicide. And, you know, it was supposed to be only for the end of life. But right now, you know, they're opening that for almost everybody. You're depressed. Oh, we can kill you. You're poor. Oh, maybe we can kill you. We must stop that. We must promote the cult of life in our country. And that's what we want to do. Ending that uh, extreme uh, assisted suicide that is happening in our country. And in my own province in Quebec, Quebec is the jurisdictions where they have the, the most assisted suicide around the globe, only in Quebec. And actually, the Quebec government passed a legislation uh, two weeks ago. And if you want to be killed, I must use that, be killed by the state, you can choose if you want to be doing that at the hospital or in a park or in your own, and they will do it. So we need to stop that. And that's a battle that we are doing. Yes, uh, the PPC. But the other battle also, they try to transform our country with immigration, like you said. And mm-hmm. now we have people that are coming here who, does, who don't share our values. And, and also, there's too many people. And that's, that's having an, a big impact on our economic life and also on the healthcare system and housing. Uh, the prices to have a roof is, is going up and going up. There's a lot of people that are coming here and all these people uh, need a roof. So that's why the, the housing for renting and buying a house is going up. But also our healthcare system is dis- dysfunctional. We need to stop that and stop that mass immigration. But I can tell you, Tanya, that uh, we are winning that debate because when I started to speak about that, ending mass immigration, 
being for sustainable immigration and more economic immigrant, you know, a person that will come here, skilled immigrant, because we need that person, because an entrepreneur wasn't able to find a Canadian for that job. When we have a skilled immigrant, it's easier for that person to integrate our society. They have a job, etc. But I want fewer immigrants. But when I said that in 2019, they were looking at me, they, the leftists and the mainstream media, and they were calling me racist and xenophobe. But that debate, you know, in Quebec, at every election, you have that debate because the Quebec government wants to keep Quebec as a francophone uh, state, francophone province. And for them, it's important, their identity. So when you have a provincial election in Quebec, you have different political parties that are saying, OK, a maximum will be 50,000. Another party will, will say 40,000. And you'll have a debate and a rational debate. But when I started that debate in Canada, all across the country, uh, they're not used to that in English Canada to have a debate about immigration. But I must tell you, it's progressing because in the Global Mail, two months ago, they wrote a piece saying, you know, half a million people every year starting in 2025, that's a little bit too much. So if we have the Global Mail that is able to open the debate, we will win that debate. It's only a question of time, like we will win the debate against that toxic trans ideology. We will win the debate for, against the late-term abortion. We just need to be out there to speak about it openly with passion and conviction. And the more we speak, the more support we have. So that's, that's the goal of the People's Party, to bring this debate and, and change the society for better. Yeah. You, and what you're doing is you're helping to th people to restart, have a reboot on their critical thinking. <laughs> it's not government yeah. think, it's, you know, it's uh, rational thinking. And you covered on so many issues there, um, even with abortion and immigration, they're saying, oh, you know what, we're uh, Canadians aren't increasing in population. And so therefore, we need to bring in immigrants to replace the population, the dying population. Well, first of all, they're euthanizing our population. And then, on euthanasia, I mean, that's pretty severe. They're, uh, you know, with even that relates to what's going on in our school system, because, uh, you know, there, there's been a bit of a pause put on allowing euthanasia for individuals who are depressed. But I understand by March 2024, they're planning on implementing that. And you think about all of these kids that have been put on puberty blockers. And I know many of them. I've had Sarah on our show. And, you know, I've talked to many others who are really having transition regret. Their bodies are mutilated. Uh, they understand that they've been deceived. And uh, now you talk about uh, you know, a risk of suicide for this uh, minority population. And that's what's coming. And that's what they're going to offer as a, a resolution. And then the other thing that you hit on that was very important was the housing. Due to immigration and being flooded with half a million immigrants a year, people cannot find housing. And I have a friend right now who's paying $3,600 a month currently for a house. The owner has told her that she needs to move out because his son is going to move in and she can't find a house comparable for under $5,600. This is not a this is not a government that cares about or loves its people. And this is the knee jerk reaction. I'm telling people Trudeau hates Canadians. 
and he is out to destroy Canada. And then the one final thing, I'm, we're t- both touching on quite a few issues, is I have Majed El Shepi coming on the show in a couple of weeks, and we're going to talk about the uh, Chinese police stations. But this is a man that fled an Islamic country because at 18 years old, he became a Christian. He was put in one of the worst jails, prisons possible, and he was beaten nearly to death. But he escaped that situation, came to Canada, and then opened an organization to save other uh, individuals who are being the most persecuted. In a conversation with him the other day, he was saying the government has a duty to bring in the most persecuted into Canada when opening our doors and that the immigrants that are coming in right now and respectfully to Muslims, there is wonderful people in those Islamic countries, but they can't align with Canada's values because we're based on Christian, on Christian principles. But there's 56 Islamic majority countries of which there are countries where they would be able to integrate perfectly, have the same belief system, enjoy the same foods, the same climate. I mean, the cold is shocking to some of them, I've got to imagine. But as well, we wouldn't be risking, you know, um, destroying our democracy based on Judeo-Christian principles. Yeah, we are forgetting uh, here in Canada that, you know, I'm always saying in my speeches, this country has been built on the rule of law. What is the rule of law? Is everybody is equal before the law. And, uh, you know, that's why we want people coming from other countries that will respect our values, our Western mm-hmm. civilization values. You know, a man and woman are equal and, and our freedoms, uh, but also we must support uh, the uh, refugees who are, or the Christians who are persecuted in other countries. That must be our priority because, yes, this country has been built on the rule of law, but also um, in our constitution, you have, you know, the supremacy of God and the rule of law. That's written in our constitution, the supremacy of God and the rule of law. So I believe as a country, we have an obligation to help Christians who are persecuted in another country. But that's not happening with the Trudeau government right now. And, uh, and I believe we need to have fewer immigrants and we need to have an interview with them to ask them the, the, the real questions. Uh, do, you, do you agree with us that men and women are equal, are equal before the law? We had these interviews a couple of years, maybe 30 years, we had these interviews with, with every new immigrant and that's part of our platform. We must do that, being sure that we have will have people that will immigrants that will be able to integrate and be part of our society. And so that's the big challenge of today. They, are, they try to to transform the family unit with that radical trans ideology, and and now they try to transform our society, our country, with mass immigration. Exactly. And, you know, all the UNWEF all all talk about the sustainable goals, and this is unsustainable. It's a fact. We cannot sustain the amount of immigrants that are coming into Canada right now. Even if it was half a million Christian uh, immigrants coming in, we have to get our infrastructure set up. Uh, You know, they've got a lot of people that didn't work for three years that weren't contributing in taxes like they normally would. I, I think Trudeau thinks it's monopoly money and it's all a big joke and he takes no responsibility for it. So, yes, immigration and bringing like-minded people into the country is essential and on that you know some people would want to say well that's a, a racist comment my god doesn't know the color of anybody's skin 
There's Christians uh, around the world. There's massive amounts of Christians, uh, people who are um, uh, becoming Christians in Iran. It's almost like the underground church in China that I'm hearing. And so we would welcome those people into the country. But when the UN and the WEF decide that the 56 Islamic majority countries need to become multicultural, that China, North Korea and Pakistan need to become multicultural and flood their nations with immigrants, then let's have this conversation. But in the meantime, we have a guaranteed right under our constitution to support our sovereignty, which is based on biblical principles according to the constitution, the coronation oath, which is a buried treasure that is active live document that many people don't know about, and of course the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Okay, I'm, I know that you've probably got other things to do. Do we have still 10 or 11 minutes of your time? Yes, yes. Uh, I, I, yeah, we still have 10 minutes. That would be perfect. Okay, let's do that then. All right, so um, we've talked about a lot of important things. We've talked about that you're concerned about housing, immigration, the radical gender ideology. I'm just going off your website. Can we talk about two really important ones? I saw today um, firearms and self-defense. Yeah. We'll do those two together because I believe that we need to maintain our firearms. We have a, a right to those firearms. The government, um, anything that they pass according to Section 52.1 of the Constitution, has to, uh, any laws and legislation have to uh, be in line with the Constitution or they're of no force or effect. The government, yeah. it doesn't matter. If they pass laws against guns, they don't have a right to do that. And people cannot, they have to take a stand and assert their rights and not go along with it. But please, let's discuss this issue. <laughs> No, you're right about that, Tanya, and our proposal, and people can go on our website, People's Party of Canada.ca, click on platform, and after that, you choose your subject and firearms. Only two pages, you can read that. But by the way, I want to say also, if you want to know the platform of Pierre, Poly Pierre Polyev's platform, go on the Conservative Party of Canada website, conservativepartyofcanada.ca, and please, Try to find his platform. You won't be able to find that because they're not fighting for real conservative values. And Polyev is doing politics by survey and focus group. And right now, in 2023, Pierre Polyev doesn't know what he will believe in in 2025 because he will have to do some polling and focus group just before the election to tell you what you want to hear. And we're not doing politics like that. We have strong values and strong, strong principles that we are put, speaking about. And the more we speak, the more support we have. So about firearms, uh, you know, we will repeal everything that Trudeau did. We don't believe that, you know, a, 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 a gun owner is a criminal. Uh, that person has the right to have a gun. And actually, we, actually right now, you have the RCMP that is uh, and actually writing the law and enforcing the law. And they can change the categories of firearms and they can tomorrow tell you that, oh, the, the, the firearms that you have today, it's illegal, so we will take it back. We won't give you any compensation. We will steal your property. And that must end. That must be decided by the parliament. It's why we want to put forward a legislation that will have categories of gun that will be there and will respect the firearms uh, rights. And, uh, and they will have the right to do their sport and hunting or pro professional uh, uh, shootings. 
that's part of our history. And at the same time, the other part of that is self-defense. And as you may know, I did a press conference yesterday about that. That's a, a new proposal, a new policy coming from the People's Party of Canada, from us. And I said in rural Canada, all across the country, but in rural Canada, if you call the police and you have uh, somebody that is in your property and wants to steal your 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 goods or coming in your house, you if you call the police, it can take 45 minutes for the police to be there and you don't have the right to defense yourself. Uh, and we, we that happened in Canada. So you cannot use... Uh, your force or you cannot use your arms or you cannot use pepper spray to defend yourself, you can be charged if you're doing that. So we want to change the criminal code, section 34 and 35 of the criminal code, to be sure that everybody will be able to defend themselves and also their property. And we want to add, you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're in downtown Vancouver, Vancouver, Toronto or Montreal, and late at night, we want you to be able to have paper spray, you know, just to defend yourself. It's illegal right now for for any Canadian to have a paper spray. Uh, I think it can be useful to defend yourself if you're attacked in a big city. So that's two concrete proposal to help uh, people to defend themselves and their property. Property. I think, you know, it's common sense and it's too bad that we need to change the criminal code and that's that that's must be in the criminal code but it is not well we you know and it's it's unbelievable that we even think we need it in the criminal code i mean these are also in our constitution right we have a right to protect our families and our property uh period and uh but if they want it on a piece of paper we can do that too but if if somebody came in my home i tell you i'm going to protect you know my family <laughs> i'll deal with those consequences <laughs> after all right uh okay so uh, let's uh get a couple of other ones too i mean a huge one is our oil and gas would you agree that uh oil and gas we have enough in canada to refine our own would you consider setting up a refinery in, in canada and us being uh self-sufficient <laughs> That that would be the goal. And we need to have pipelines all across the country. You know, in Quebec, in Montreal and in New Brunswick, they are importing oil and gas and transform that uh, in New Brunswick and in Montreal. And they want to use Canadian oil and gas, but we cannot. We don't have any pipeline. Yes. But I will stop also the uh, aggressive uh, proposal and legislations that Trudeau put forward to kill that industry, the oil and gas industry. And, you know, uh, look what's it, what is happening right now in Europe and in Germany. They are in a recession right now because of the price of oil and gas. And they cannot have oil and gas from Russia because of the war in Russia. So the prices is going up. There's a huge recession over there. We need to be able to, yes, do have export or oil and gas and being able also to export our surplus in Europe. And we are not able to do that right now. So we are in favor of the oil and gas industry. That's We must not ban that industry, like Trudeau is saying. And actually, Poliev, it's a little bit different. He wants to promote the green industry, and but I admit that he won't impose a carbon tax. 
but it will impose more regulation on businesses and it will give subsidies to the green industry. We won't do that. We will let the oil and gas develop the, the, the development of, a, of that industry and we will promote that. Uh, actually, that would be good for the industry, but that would be good for all Canadians. We'll be able to have cheaper uh, uh, energy because of that. Well, and create jobs and make affordable housing affordable. So really, you're going to make Canada rich again. (laughs) You're going to help the people. You're going to get people back to work and you're going to help us use all our own natural resources. I love it. Um, I've got to imagine that uh, all this environmental, I mean, we're already... Uh, environmentally, how do they say that, neutral, and all of this climate change propaganda in order to gain control. Uh, Something I want to get to, because I know it's really important, is uh, often the criticism is, Maxime, I really want to vote for you, but you're splitting the vote. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's no such thing as splitting the vote. Uh, Actually, uh, in the in this by-election, it's it's a bogus argument. But in this by-election, you know, people in Portage Lis Guard won't change the government. It's about voting for your representative. So Trudeau is in government right now. He will be in government after the election. And in this uh, riding, they never elected a liberal. So it, the last time I, I I look at the data, the last election, the liberal candidate add less than 10% of the vote. So it's a two-horse race between me and the fake conservative candidate, and they can send a strong message to Ottawa with by voting for me, because not only a message to Trudeau, but also to Polyev, telling him that, that, you know, if you don't speak about our issues, we won't vote for you. I believe that the Conservative Party of Canada is taking for granted the vote of Western Canadians. And what I'm saying in the writing we need to have that common sense revolution. And you people in Western Canada, you did it. You did it in 1993. Because remember, Tanya, in 1988, we had the free trade agreement with Brian Mulroney. That was the election of the free trade, Brian Mulroney, the conservative. Brian Mulroney at that, that, at that date had the biggest majority in the history of our country. But the next election in 1993, he was able to elect only two conservative MP because you out west, you said, no, no, enough is enough. Uh, stop pandering to Eastern Canada. And you voted for the Reform Party of Canada to start that new Western revolution. The only mistake is Preston Manning merged with the conservative. And now we are at the same point. So I'm saying to people, be part of history. We are the new reform party. We the people's party. And the conservative party is like the old progressive conservative party. You have an opportunity to send a strong message and say to Poliev, you know, enough is enough. And I'm, t- I'm saying that to people in this writing also. You know, try me. There's no risk. I will push our ideas. I will, <laughs> I will promote our values. And if I'm, I'm not delivering... If I don't do what I'm telling you that I will do, you can vote me out in two years. So, but I can tell you, I will deliver. Uh, it's a nice challenge. And uh, they're so afraid, the conservative, that they're telling people, oh, you know, a vote for Bernier is a vote for Trudeau. That won't happen. And actually, at a general election, that's the same idea. But I will support Poliev when Poliev will act as a real conservative. 
and I will shame him when he won't. So it's a win-win during a general election. Yes, maybe Polyev will have fewer candidates, but we'll have PPC candidates that will work with him. And we can do like a little bit the NDP. The NDP is pushing the, the liberals to the extreme left. And I can push uh, Polyev and the conservative in the right direction. So it's a win-win. We will be there and we will support Polyev when he'll be Polyev and we won't when he won't. So uh, I believe that uh, this time is our time in this uh, by-election. But what I, I'm telling people here, if I don't win, that's not the end of the world. I will be back in this riding. I will fight. And this party is growing step by step. And our time will come. I hope it will be at this by-election. If not, it will be later. Well, I really like your analogy of the uh, splitting the vote because your uh, presence in the legislature would mean that true conservatives actually have a voice. And uh, as you said, uh, back into from 2015 to 2019, Justin Trudeau had a majority government and he was pushing through legislation. Uh, you know, I was ringing the bell and so few people were listening at that point because they just really weren't aware. The Bill C-16, as you mentioned, Motion M1, Bill C-75, which was lessening crimes for individuals, which was really gearing up for this time that we're in. We all fought really hard to get him a minority government, and he needed uh, you know, a party like the NDP to provide him that majority vote who would come alongside and support all this tyranny. So if you think anybody even thinks that the, the NDP is not who they used to be, the Liberals are not who they used to be, and no longer is the Conservative Party. And so it is critical that uh, you get elected in this uh, election and that at some point we begin to have more people into the uh, legislature who are representing true Canadians, conservative Canadians. And that won't help and happen until some people take a risk. You know, live, live, live a little wildly when you go to the polls and, yeah. you know, vote, vote in a direction you wouldn't normal, normally. And, and if more people did that, we might be amazed by uh, the results. All right. Uh, what do they say? It's an exercise in fert uh, futility if you think going in the same direction is going to have different results. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. And that's why I'm saying to people, you know, if you want something, don't vote against something. Vote for what you want. And I believe that you'll have more chances to have what you want. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly the right uh, attitude. Don't vote with fear in your heart and your mind. We've been really encouraging people that, uh, you know, people don't understand even those who are non-Christians as to why it is important that we focus on Canada being a Christian nation, because all democracies that were living under freedom, it was actually countries that have uh, under um biblical principles. And those are good values. Don't steal, don't cheat on your wife, right? Don't murder and, uh, and those kinds of principles. And so they're very positive. And if you are challenged by what I say, go and look at the 56 Islamic majority countries, Pakistan, North Korea, and the rest of them, and see the values and the system of governance that they have. And you can see, see that there's very good people living there already under tyranny. And that's where our government is dragging us. So, Maxime, thank you uh, so much for standing on the front lines. And, uh, you know, you as well are a man of faith. 
And I yeah. can see that that uh, conviction in your heart on the issues that you're dealing with are, are really on the front line. So thank you so much, sir. I think Canadians owe you a great uh, deal of gratitude. I want to thank you also, Tanya, for what you're doing, uh, the creation of Action for Canada and being sure that Canadians understand the reality of our country and, and the, the fight that we must do to preserve our country. And so you can be proud of what you're doing and all your people and everybody across the country. I'm encouraging you to fight because we're going to win. You know, the truth will prevail. Common sense will prevail. Uh, I just don't know when, but we will. And it's because of people like you. So thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to be with you tonight. Thank you, Maxime. I say that we're on, we're supporting politicians who are on the right side of history. <laughs> You're that man. <laughs> so thank you so much. I will see you uh, Sunday and Monday because I'm going to actually be flying into Manitoba. I made that decision today. <laughs> I'm in touch oh. with Laura Lintz. Yeah, so I'm going to be uh, there in support of you on Monday. Oh, I appreciate that. That would be great. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, I believe that would be a nice day, the day of the election, Monday 19, June 19. Thank you and see you Exciting. here in uh, Winkler. Thank you. Thank you. Bye God bye. bless you. Bye. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> that was just amazing. Um, so grateful that Maxime could come on the show. In the past, we've always uh, brought awareness to uh, politicians and political parties who, like I said, are on the right side of history. I mentioned Rod Taylor, who is a friend of mine. He's with the Christian Heritage Party. And for over at least 30, over 30 years, they have uh, been, they've had a platform uh, that held to really good moral principles principles, ones that all of society could live by and uh, principles that were very, very successful. And we've really strayed from that, haven't we, in Canada? And so Maxime, like I said, is a man of faith. He is on the front line fighting the good fight. And I was excited that you got to spend some time with him tonight. And I tried to cover as many questions or um, subjects as possible so you could have a better idea of who this man is. Okay, so next week, our guest is going to be Alex Newman. This is also a friend of mine through all of this movement that I have come to know. Alex actually lives in Florida, but he is uh, amazing. We've had him on the show before discussing the public school exit. Uh, Alex and I are like-minded in pretty much every issue you can imagine from immigration and uh, holding up the uh, country's core values to what is happening within our school systems. And um, also, he is a man with a heart for the Lord. And he is going to come and share with us uh, about what the role of men is. And that is something that started, uh, my goodness, I, I've got to say, when the 45, uh, role of 45 Goals of Communists was written and talked about in uh, America in 1963, and to break down the structure of the family and the role of men. And uh, the women's lib movement went forward and, you know, it's all good for women to get a proper education and to work and have a career and to raise a family, but there's got to be more value put on women and the role is mothers because I couldn't wait to become a mom and I didn't want to be ashamed about it. You know, you need a big career in order to be somebody. And uh, so I really valued being home with my kids. I had the privilege of doing that and raising my children. But what is the role of men? 
all right? They wanted to emasculate men so that men wouldn't know how to war uh, at such a day as this. What is the role of a men, uh, of men in their families, within society, within the church? So we're going to learn about that next week. I'm super excited about it. And uh, Terenzio, could we please see the, I have two verses this week. The first one is Exodus 18 and 21. The Bible says, moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, of tens. The next verse comes from Joshua. Verse uh, chapter 24, verse 15. And if it seems evil to you, so if what you're looking at in society seems evil to you, and it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So if it seems evil for you to oppose the radical LGBTQ agenda going into the school system. If that seems evil to you, then that means choose the Lord for his goodness and his righteousness and his love for our children and his his um, wanting to expose the evil of what's going on there. And and so that's what that verse means. Like it's if if you have if you have believed what Justin Trudeau and the liberals and governments preceding Justin Trudeau, such as his father, a lot of this really started with uh, Trudeau uh, Sr. And if you believe that we're a secular nation, look what secularism has gotten you. Trudeau came in saying we're a post-national state with no core identity, with the objective of bringing in communism. If you think a, 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 a nation can survive without a core identity, you're mistaken. It can't. And the tyrants know that. And so to, if you don't stand up your fa for your faith, if you don't stand up as Christianity is the base of this nation, whether you're an atheist or whether you're an Im immigrant and you have different beliefs, the reason people can live here freely is 100% because of this. And so I just encourage you, don't go for the knee-jerk reaction which is to reject what I'm saying, think about it and possibly embrace it. All right. Okay. So thank you so much. I love that you all joined us on the show tonight. And thank you to everybody that's going to view this after. Please make sure that you share it. Be sure to join us next week because that's going to be an awesome conversation. And uh, yeah, just thank you. God bless you and God bless Canada.